<clears throat> Yo, good morning, good afternoon, good night, guys. Whatever time you're watching this, we're right here right now with myself, Z Gabor. This is Black Party. I'm here with my illustrious co-host. You already know what it is. It's Chris Wong, back from the grave. Well, right. well, we we, <laughs> we kind of in a grave right now. Well, it's not a grave. It's a it's a problematic thing to say. But you know, it's March. Yeah. We're we're at the last week of March, and you know the market's taking that bear turn, <clears throat> and we thought it'd be a very good time right now to actually like take a step back. Yo, I, I, would, I would love to step back and be like, just read those comments, you know, like don't worry, in March, man, guys, end of March, it's gonna go to the moon. Everyone's gonna ride Lambos, bro. Every, everybody was driving Lambos on Mars. Like, yeah, yeah. No, all right, guys. So, th um, this was my, you know, what what I thought was gonna happen. There was gonna be a bear year. I mean, when you see. Like an ascent, you saw the charts. Yeah, we're looking at shit. December, I was looking at this thing like, this is absolutely unsustainable. But what what made you believe that comparatively to uh, what the the trend? The I mean trend. The, the I mean the because the, the chart looked completely vertical. <laughs> like there's you know when when a chart look when any in any market when a chart looks completely vertical, it's either a bubble which it was yeah and it popped yeah. Or it's uh you know it's a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really that's really the only other options, you know. So, but like, I mean, obviously you're still here, I'm still here. Yeah, the market's of still here. Yeah, and what's making people actually stick around though? Well, yeah. I think I think one of that is uh, what they're looking for success in some capacity, and I mean that's what I want to talk about today. It's like what will succeed because clearly you know. The market's not done for. It's just suffering severe casualties. Yeah. So I'm looking at, all right, this might be a this might be a net positive for the market, which is, you know, all the one all the coins, all the altcoins, all the technologies that won't make it. Unfortunately, the culling have to go. The culling has to has to go. You know, it has I, to go. I mean, to be fair, let's let's take a statistical analysis of what's and we talk about this in our course, but if we look at what Bloomberg has analyzed, right. twenty six thousand blockchain projects occurred over the last year in GitHub. We're talking less than ten percent, and I think recently actually a third uh, review board was actually taking a look at all blockchain products over the last five six years and ninety four percent failure rate. Right. So, okay. So not not dissimilar from you know startups. In fact, right on right on the money. Yeah. You know, like most startups, ninety ninety five percent of them fail. Yeah. Yeah. So you know nothing nothing unusual, but just for a market like let, the difference being that anyone can launch one of these companies, so it just looks it, it just looks starkly you know like uh, disparate from let's say like uh, the S and P five hundred where these companies have to go through a series of um, you know steps. To get listed publicly, yeah, like no, these guys. There are regulators. Yeah, yeah, there right, are exactly their exchange guidelines that right. they do have to follow. And the ICO world is kind of like the wild, wild west right now. Right. I mean, it's been the wild, wild west, and of course, the long hand of law is starting to come around mm -hmm. and crack down. But uh, we, which we talked about in our other podcast, yeah, like regulations, and you know, we could go on. We could do. We could talk about that. But like, what what we're here yeah. actually discusses? What are the qualities? What right. are the things that are allowing the top to stay at the top? And what are the things that moving forward from here, technologically wise, uh, economically wise, right? What are the things that are allowing that certain blockchain and distributed consensus technologies to survive, right? Where the culling is going to take away ninety percent of this market, right? And you know what? Um, I think that ninety percent is is uh, is a, is about right. You know, there there will be multiple winners in the space. I don't think you know it's just going to be. You know, a couple of coins. What? Or so, a couple, so, a so, so. I mean, I guess, I guess a very good uh, 
a very good way to see this is where do you see the future the future of not only cryptocurrencies but like what do you think the technology is going forward that will define right, the, the yeah. marketplace that's, what does that, that regime that's, look like that's exactly that's the right question to ask because will yes there will be winners in the space obviously like this technology clearly holds value yeah you know if you understand the technology if you're speculating then I'm, i feel bad for you because yeah, yeah you you, have, you you literally stand you know a one in 100 chance of of correctly picking one of these winners choosing a gamble exactly and will there be winners uh yes but will the winner the, will the current front runners be the winners will be will they be the actual winners right? yeah and that's a good question because there's there there's a number of you know i'd, I'd say there's like roughly four different games to win and one of the games um is the store of value right okay. so which currency and this this is a cryptocurrency this isn't a blockchain tech or anything i mean it's blockchain tech, but, but but like as a term of right. defining what a store of value is it has to be a cryptocurrency it has right. to be a currency and uh many people describe bitcoin which is our front runner right now in the game as the definitive store of value exactly but obviously there are reasons why there are other forms of yeah, cryptocurrencies that act as a store of value aside right. from bitcoin let's like let's go over like the the stat sheet for Bitcoin in the first place. Yes, Bitcoin is out front because it's been the number one because it was number one to begin with. Right. But it does have its certain limitations. Uh, proof of work concept is slowly proving not to be the most effective. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually stop you there because I mean, do you remember? I don't know if you heard this podcast, but it was on Tim Ferriss with uh, Nick Sabo, mm -hmm. and what he was saying was proof of work, while you know infrastructurally inefficient, is actually socially efficient. So you sacrifice infrastructural inefficiency which means like you're actually you know spending um a lot of resources to mine this coin so yeah. to gold right but the the social efficiency which you know it allows anyone to be their own bank in a different country allows them to, allows them to instantly transact um you know they they have a they have they own their own value they can't be taken away from a bank it can't be taken away by them from a bank it can't be taken away from them by you know uh unorthodox regimes etc right yeah. so they, they they have that social efficiency and now they can conduct uh business in in other countries or with other countries let's say with someone in albania or someone yeah in let's moldova. use this yeah 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 so like someone maybe in you know darfur can conduct business with someone in moldova and both of those countries um aren't the best you know they're, they're having the they're having economic, they're having yeah, social social exactly. change they're having very economically right, right. rough times right now right and with the best with, without the best you know without any economic infrastructure they can still compete in the marketplace or they can still transact value as long as they have an internet connection and that's slowly becoming you know um right now i think it's like roughly two or three billion people that have internet access yeah so yeah i think that you know with, with this technology it, it brings a very strong uh pro as opposed to the con which is you know uh, in a, in a, the yeah, structural yeah. interfinities structural yeah. proof of work like yeah the fact that there are only 21 million of these which right. I, I that's not really a problem it's not really but, a problem at all because it's it's divisible right yeah it's so, divisible up to up to the satoshi so store of value i think that bitcoin right now is the clear front runner i'm not going to say winner but i do think that it definitely has uh it definitely is a winner so yeah. but what do you what do you mean by store of value what makes that different from because bitcoin was initially right. devised right. to be a, a thing that we right. i could pay you in a bitcoin i you could right. pay right. me but, in but a it's bitcoin it's just it's just uh and that's a good question and it's basically it's just inefficient to pay someone in bitcoin just like 
it's inefficient to pay someone in gold, right? I can't, even though it is, it is definitely valuable. I cannot, you know, purchase things with gold because it, one, it's socially unacceptable, but like also in, you know, like your, your local coffee shop won't accept it, but they don't got the scale right next to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, they don't got the, the scale. Cashier. They, they, no one even knows what gold looks like. All y'all wearing fake gold, right? It's, you know, like it's not real. It's not a real. It's not attention. a brick unless if you throw a brick yeah, in front exactly. of it. Exactly. It's not a re. You can't really use gold. Similar, I think Bitcoin will will be very similar to gold in that sense because people even today people aren't really spending their bitcoins. They're, what they're doing is purchasing it trading it like gold like a commodity mm-hmm. they and have futures they're bitcoin futures exactly. people, same way people trade on they're gold speculating futures. on the value they're speculating on the value and they're holding bitcoin because they're hedging bets against maybe the dollar maybe commodities maybe options maybe stocks many ma- yeah knows? many many economists have actually uh talking around like let's look at historically speaking when bitcoin actually first entered the scene let's look at 2007 2008 where exiting or President Obama is now taking over a very, very dire housing crisis and an economic recession that's occurring. Um, many economists have said that during this time, the Federal Reserve was actually printing a lot more money. They were printing a lot more USD. And people were seeing the inflationary value that was occurring with fiat currencies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were turning at that time or hedging their bets against Assets of value that were deflationary could not be right. could not be printed out consistently, and at that time, Bitcoin in the early early days proved that it could be this. It proved that. Right. So when we look at the positioning of of something like Bitcoin as a store of value, it does succeed, in in it does it it, it, it fills all the requirements that gold does. I mean, you know, there there are people that have said this multiple times, so I'm just going to harp on some of the benefits, but. Um, there's a finite supply mm-hmm. similar to gold. Um, there's a there's a forced uh, or, or I forgot what the exact wording is, but there is um, a, a process in order for you to mine it, or you know you you have to. It, it's hard to mine, right? Yeah. There's, there's something that goes into it uh, to mine gold. You have to exp- expend resources, a certain amount of resources, similar to um, similar to Bitcoin. You know, you have to mine this thing. There's it costs a, X yeah. amount of resources. You have to X calculate. You have yeah, to... X amount of energy. Is it worth it? Like all this stuff. So, you know, um, you know, and uh, I forgot what the last one is. But there, you know what? Uh, I think Nick Sabo has a really good um, uh, position. Thing, position, not a position on this, but a really good, uh, you know, list of rules for why Bitcoin is essentially very similar to gold in that sense. And I agree because... At the end of the day, when you look at Bitcoin and you look at, look at it as a store of value, it fulfills all that, all the all the you know purposes. It's also essentially like indestructible. Yeah, yeah. So as long as you have uh, keep it secure, you know, like you're you're relatively good. So, so that that's so a, a major one. Yeah. So we have value. we have a, we have a, we have an economy now. Let's say let's say in the the beautiful world, the beautiful world where cryptocurrencies fulfill its full value. We have a cryptocurrency. We have blockchain technology that serves as a store of value. Yeah, like you said though, we trade, we 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 trade gold, we bet on gold, we hedge gold. We don't spend, but gold. we don't spend gold. Right. So what's so? I guess the next thing would be well, what yeah, actually even to, even to go back, like you're looking at um, you're looking at Bitcoin. Like okay, we have Bitcoin right as a store of value for sure. Now, what are the other potential you know uh, adversaries to Bitcoin? Like what else could take the place of a store of value? And in my opinion. 
some of these even fall under the Bitcoin forks, like Bitcoin Gold. But Bitcoin, Bitcoin Gold, Cash. but Bitcoin Gold, Bitcoin Gold, and Bitcoin Cash were all well. Bitcoin Cash was developed as a as a hard fork to allow more transaction transactional value. So that's not really right. a store of value. That's something that we on the day to day spend. That's the thing that we're we're not spending gold. We're spending Bitcoin Cash. We're not spending Bitcoin. And you bought these? These are fucking amazing. What are they? Peanut butter chocolate chip. I kind of want more. Yeah, but, my bad, but they're really good. But uh. If you if you really if you really look at what can replace them, like the the thing that allows Bitcoin Cash to differentiate itself from Bitcoin Gold, I mean from from Bitcoin as a as a general standard is the block size. The block size allows it to right. hold more information, allows it to right. be transactionally more fluid. And I don't think I do not think that's where Bitcoin's strongest uh, you know suit. Was. I don't think it was like that was its strongest characteristic, like exchange value. So I do think that Bitcoin Cash actually took the this is a personal opinion mm -hmm. and there are a lot of bitcoin cash advocates like oh larger block size faster transaction value but in my opinion the next one which we're about to get to apart from store of value is a daily transactional cryptocurrency like yeah. one we actually use to pay each other pay i go merchants. to the bodega and i go pick exactly. up a sandwich you know exactly like that's you know like you yes for a house you could probably use use it to pay bitcoin it's definitely easier to use than gold yeah you know you're like you can instantly, it, it's just, you know. It's a functionally more. It's, it's functionally more, a currency. It is Bitcoin, but it's just not as efficient as, say, let, like, let's, let's, use, like, let's use, yeah, exactly, but let's use a cryptocurrency example. What could be used as a daily transactional currency? And, like, I always think of Litecoin mm -hmm. just because, you know, it has um, a larger circulating supply. Yeah. Um, it satisfies, it, it satisfies all the conditions that something like, that right. the dollar allows to exist in the real world aside from its physical change. I'm, I'm not advocating Litecoin at all. I'm just saying that it could potentially be used as a daily transactional currency. Yeah. And that's just one example. You know, there's other, other Zcash, Dash, right? and we'll get into the private privacy. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 But that, yeah. so, so far we have two and these are winners, winners in the space that will succeed in the long term because I see uh, use case values for these coins. So one is a store of value. One is a daily transactional currency. Mm -hmm. and, and third, I think, is a privacy currency. So like it or not, illicit activities will occur. And in the future, some of these currencies will implement privacy features just by default. Yeah. So right here, we realize that there's a huge market for a privacy currency. And, and you know... But you have to you have to give Why a use not? case. You but like like we yeah we have the general use case for a privacy currency. What does a privacy currency actually do? A privacy currency allows people to hold a a economic value without actually revealing it to anybody. Right. So that's that's the whole purpose of it. Being able to make economic transactions that we know are secure, that we know are true. Right. But also at the same time, we don't have to verify. My bank doesn't have to verify how much money I have. There's no dollar number that anybody could actually look up. Right. So, but we have to give a real use case value for this. And I think if we're going to validate. And, and validate, I'm going to look that up right now. But if we're going to validate the, uh, the, the existence for a completely private or not completely like anonymous, uh, going beyond pseudo anonymous uh, cryptocurrency or blockchain technology. Right. So you here, have to think about something like a destabilized government, something like Russia or well, I was going to use it for what you're talking about for a privacy currency. Uh, yeah. Like a privacy currency. Like what is its actual use case value? A use case well, value right now. I'll give it to you right now. Uh, straight up, um, privacy currency can one, and this is just one example can be used for illicit illegal activities. Okay. This isn't for your everyday citizen, but who knows? 
the black market is roughly estimated at a $2 trillion market cap. That's a lot of money being used in the black market. Like it or not, funds flow into that and uh, anonymous currencies will be used in those markets. Every, do- every, every US dollar has a trace amount of fucking cocaine on it. So Exactly. So I'm, I'm looking at it like, yes, there's one use case. But also consider you as a citizen. What if you don't want your, crypt- your, your cryptocurrency or your fiat currency being pegged to a purchase that you made so ads can be targeted at you? I'm not saying you're not a law-abiding citizen, but at the same time, what if you do buy something, uh, maybe a vanity product, perhaps uh, a sexual toy, or perhaps uh, you know a medical condition that you have? Anything where there's a vulnerability or some sort of you know point where you just feel like privacy is necessary yeah. when you purchase this item, it could be anything. You know why? Why should people uh, be able to see that purchase, view it? If you think that companies aren't going to see that purchase and then try to target you with similar products. You're very mistaken because they will. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as a citizen, you you reserve that right to be able to buy uh, any type of product that you that you want without, you know, a company being like, hey, um, maybe you want this as well. Maybe you want this as well. You know, you, you reserve that right. That doesn't mean you're buying illegal things. Yeah. It just means you don't want people to know that you bought that thing. Okay. So now that we've given out all the 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 things that it needs to satisfy and all the things that it needs to be able to accomplish let's uh, i mean there are multiple names in this game particle specter coin uh monero uh verge these are all so do you think that a privacy coin also needs to have the same transactional value or capacity that a regular uh litecoin or oh absolutely absolutely i think i think of the privacy coin in fact should probably be even better like fluid, um, like yeah, more fluid, a, definitely higher volume, and I think speed is definitely one of the things that currently the currencies do not possess any of them. Yeah, I think that they they need to get faster and uh, they need to get more widely user accessible, user friendly. Because like if you, if you I mean think, that's an obvious one, you know. Because privacy coins are obviously going to be a problem because if we look into the whole scale of things, if they're going to be used, if they're going right. to be used by companies, companies are not going to use privacy coins. They want everything on look. They want everything on the radar. It's not like I'm going to be able to buy something well, the from reason, Amazon the reason they want The reason they want everything on the books currently, companies, is because they pay taxes. Yeah. Know? And if they get caught, you know, like... They yeah, get what caught. if Amazon just starts moving all its stuff into Monero? Like, they're not going to... Right. They, but, can't, they can't accept 3,000 different currencies. Right. So that's... that. This is, this is my opinion. And I think that um, in the future, it's going to be increasingly hard... For government to actually butt in on how where this money came from, like with with a uh, well equipped, we're talking about ring signatures, uh, tour protocol, stealth addresses. Um, you know what's that thing? Uh, this this funk, What's what? What's the word I'm thinking of? Um, obfuscated uh, address. That's Obfuscations, yeah. Obfuscation, like all this stuff. Like what you know? Like what are they realistically going to do um, when they cannot? trace where you're getting your money from who you're sending it to who's paying you you're talking but you're you're talking leaps and bounds of like 10 years i'm talking 10 yeah i'm talking 10 plus you know what that like hey man me and you are both you know in our 20s but at the end of the day like the internet was really created like yesterday you know so it's like our our kids will no longer know you know realistically they'll probably be using cryptocurrencies they're not gonna know what uh you know fiat they're not not gonna know what a fiat currency is but at the same time, they're going to be like, yeah, I, I use, uh, you know, uh, a private cryptocurrency all the time. I'm trying to think of something like Venmo trading. 
Like, like, right. like that's what I'm thinking about. I'm and really thinking about yeah. decentralization. Decentralization is really the key of the game because, or really the name name of the game because at, at this point when we have more decentralized exchanges, decentralized places where you can buy cryptocurrencies, where you can trade in your fiat for cryptocurrencies. Coinbase is the big one right now. Robin but it's a centralized, it's yeah. a centralized uh, entity. Yeah, yeah, it's a centralized entity. So yeah, people will know that you purchased it for this amount of dollars at this place. Unless you have an address that you're allowing people to send you cryptocurrencies, then no, they can't trace it. Especially yeah. if you're using, you know, some sort of privacy feature after that. Yeah. But um, I think, I think at this stage in the game, yes, it's going to take anywhere between ten and twenty years for it to get to that level where, where governments are no longer able to collect tax money, essentially. And this is really thinking far ahead. But how will they be able to? Even a law-abiding citizen, when given the choice, like let's say the government releases a you know, a government-funded cryptocurrency, um, similar to the crypto ruble or the petro, right? Yeah. Like, why would a citizen who knows that the network is secured, a distributed network is secured and validated by its fellow citizens, it's not controlled by any one entity, and it's it's secure, right? Why would they choose a government-centralized, controlled one over one like that? They wouldn't. Like. No, no one in their right mind would when they know that if they opt into that currency, that their money could be taken away from them at any moment. Yeah, true. It's it's it just makes no sense. So now we get to the point where we really are talking about countries uh, without economic borders. And I mean, is, that was that was Satoshi's initial vision. Yeah. That was that was the initial vision. The uh, something that uh, technology that could function and serve that. But like aside from the economic value of that Bitcoin blockchain technology. Blockchain technology serves more than just economic value. You right. got to think about stuff like uh, Ambrosis, <clears throat> things like things Ethereum. Ethereum is a utility network that's able to support smart contracts right. and decentralized applications. Yep. Things like like internet protocols, things like uh, Facebook, social media. Like they can they decentralized can, applications. Yes, yeah, decentralized applications. Right. And these all have economic value because of the transactional value necessary to make sure that it's recorded across the network yep. and to make sure so. If we're thinking about, not, aside from that, there needs to be a utility function as well. There needs to be... Right. And I don't think that uh, this is... Now we're getting into something a little bit more complex. And Ethereum changed the name of the game because what they created wasn't a currency per se. What they created was a protocol layer. Mm. And a protocol layer is completely different because it allows you to build smart contracts on top of it. It allows you to build decentralized applications on top of it. And it also introduced an in-house uh, currency, Ether, yeah. for those decentralized applications. Yeah. So this is the fourth uh, currency, in my opinion, which is the currency used to fuel that protocol layer or that de decentralized network. See, here's the thing though. The, the, the protocol layer is the hardest thing to satisfy. I think it's, so too. It's literally like, unlike the other, the other topics that we've described, they needed to solve one function. Right. How can we transact economic value? How can we transact wealth from one person to another? But when you're talking right. about utilities, you're talking about what can the network service every single person's needs. And in my right. opinion, in my opinion, this is the hardest thing because we've seen this with Ethereum. CryptoKitties slowed down the transactional value of Ether and the entire network as a whole right. for all the other decentralized apps built upon uh, the uh, built upon Ethereum. It yeah. becomes so very difficult. And I think that's I think that's a huge issue, man. I mean, you have to have 
some sort of you know there's a there's a huge there's a there's a list of requirements but one of them is scalability yeah like you're you're alluding to so scalability is definitely one but my main scalability is one and if it doesn't scale then it won't work but in the long term but i think that before we even get to scalability it's uh just the net network effect and what i mean by that is like a, a market share or user base right mm-hmm. so if you have a dominant and i think whoever wins this game by the way there's a number of players you know let's let's throw out some other ones you know i'm thinking eos right mm-hmm. now i'm thinking um uh, I mean, Hedera is obviously one that well, I well I want to say they're tra- they don't even have a network yet. What I yeah. what I want to say is they they are on they're not even a blockchain. All right, Neo, Neo, Neo is definitely one. Um, you know who else? Like I, I think there's definitely other net, and they're all trying to do Ox, this. Uh, like the Ox protocol, Metal, Ox like, protocol. Uh, I don't know if they're a pro- I don't know if they're a network, but no, no, Ox is a network, isn't it? Isn't the Ox protocol uh decentral like a, a protocol layer? I think that you can build stuff on. I think it's for ERC twenty tokens. Um, I could be wrong, but really? I think, yeah, I think I think the protocol is for ERC twenty tokens. Huh. But let let me see if I, I wrote any of these guys down. Um, I didn't, but EOS and Neo are definitely definitely one of them. And basically, what they allow you to do is the same thing that Ethereum allows you to do, right? Here's the difference, though. What I mean by network effects: ninety percent of the decentralized apps and ICOs are built on the Ethereum network. It would take one. Here's here's the situation that happens. Yes. These Neo and EOS are, all have, you know, let, let's say their their network is better. Let's say it's more scalable. Let's say that they have, um, you know, a certain tech or certain uh, facets of technology that allows them to, you know, better scale than Ethereum. If Ethereum cannot implement these uh, changes over the interim, right, over the next couple of years or while, while the blockchain or while cryptocurrencies are still developing, then they will fail. But if this is just some technology that the Ethereum network can actually build while the network is developing, then I don't think these networks stand a chance because Ethereum has dominated the market share. Yeah. It's dominating the market share. If 90% of all ICOs are being built on top of Ethereum, NEO and EOS have a long way to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, NEO was built at the same time, but everybody calls NEO the, the Ethereum for Asia. Yeah, Chinese in, in Ethereum. My, in, my, in my opinion, when you describe something by its border, in a decentralized ecosystem, yeah, right, right. You're you're obviously not confident in its ability to be the Ethereum for America or the Ethereum for Canada or the. Right. You, no, this would, is a world computer. Yeah, this is a world computer, guys. The Ethereum is a world computer. Let's not get it twisted. It's not like for this part of the world. The the way this thing works is that it. This is what I mean by whoever wins this protocol layer game wins the big game. Yeah. All all advancing technology. All the, uh, you know, the cutting edge, the bleeding edge, um, everyone's building the tech on top of this world computer, this protocol layer. Yeah. And since they own it and that currency, Ether, the built-in currency will become of immense value. To every single one of these decentralized Cause, cause apps. All these, yeah, all these decentralized applications are using Ether as a form of exchange. Yeah. So it's going to be of immense value. It's going to be worth more than Bitcoin. It's going to be worth more. Not, not, not let's, let's not use Bitcoin, but... It's going to be worth more than the store of value. It's going to be worth more than daily transactional currency. And it's going to be worth more than the privacy currency as well. Yeah. I think that this will definitely be um, something that, you know. I think about something like, you. it's a crazy thing to think, but I was reading this article and they were like, if somebody could validate the existence for something like Amazon, 
on like the Ethereum platform. They're like, so let's break down what Amazon is. It is a marketplace right. that also has the ability to send, receive money. It's able to ship things out. It's able to do a lot of logistical and economic functions in one place very efficiently, manage people's information and data very efficiently, and make sure all this keeps 100% good on their servers. Right. Now, if you were able to build something like Amazon on across the entire uh, decentralized application, imagine right. a, a decentralized like, autonomous, like an autonomous Amazon. E-commerce. Yeah, and it, like it sets up it's, it links up to another decentralized app that's able to send and receive stuff. It's able to uh, use uh, a Ethereum decentralized app that allows you to see a marketplace. It's able to com communicate between all these different applications. Right. Then and only then can you actually validate the existence for something like... Uh, that's when you can say 100% you have to use Ether. You have to use Ether to be able to integrate and efficiently be able to like pay for stuff. You have to pay for stuff in Ether because you are using this on that decentralized right. autonomous organization that's bundling it's, all these decentralized the, apps. It's essentially the fuel that runs the network. Yeah. yeah. And here's here's the thing I'm always wondering. I'm, I'm always wondering this is if this occurs, if this occurs you're able to run entire things on this. That No, not saying Ethereum. I'm not saying Ethereum at all because there are obvious problems with the Ethereum network right now. I'm not saying these problems can't be over o overcome and I'm not saying that Ethereum maybe won't be able to do this in something else. It just, it just uh, it's very hard because what they've built isn't something that they can re release a patch for. Yeah. It's, it's like fixing, you know, like it's like a... It's like a train that's moving. It's working. Everyone's using it right now, and they have to release. They have to upgrade it while it's moving. And people have to agree on how to fix it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's, that's, that's the what biggest, I'm saying. That's, that's why. That's my problem. Part. That's, that's like, the biggest part. It's it. That's that's the consensus. Why, that's why I think. I don't think. That's why I'm not holding my breath that Ethereum is going to be the winner just because it has a dominant market share today. I think that if another platform comes along. And there's many, you know, we said EOS and NEO because, you know, we're, we're, we're drinking beer and eating cookies. But like, you know, so my brain, but Nulls is one that I've been looking into recently. And Nulls has a, a very, very smart team. Um, they have a modular blo blockchain platform that's scalable and completely, you know, you can update it. It's also, you could take pieces out for enterprises. It's, a mo it's an enterprise level blockchain network. And the team is amazing. I was looking at what they're trying to accomplish. And I'm like, this is how you start. This is how you start. Like yeah. if they if they command a large dominant market share, I have no doubt in my mind that something like not nulls per se, but something like nulls could definitely succeed. See, okay, so we've been talking about all these different uh, platforms. Platforms. We've been talking about all these different. All right, so I've heard a very good argument. So you're, we basically put up four main commanding protocols that will be dominating cryptocurrency and blockchain as a whole. Right. But we have to also say, why can't there be, I, in my opinion, or in the opinion of some people that I've been reading into and some people that I've been listening to, they say that there's going to be probably 10 to 20 of these that people are going to be using because there doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be 10 to 20 currencies or 10 to 20 like applications, applications, 10 to 20 like protocols that are going to be used 10 to 20 protocols i don't yeah. know because like a lot of these protocols remember we discussed this man i this is this is where me and you defer in our view because i think that 
a lot of these applications um, aren't necessarily unique yeah. in that they, they, they can't be just put on a protocol layer like Ethereum or EOS or NEO or something like that and then run on that network. Yeah. You know I, I mean, mean? Some, people were, some people were arguing that like what allow, if one protocol could be run on Ethereum and it could also be side protocoled on another right. like thing. Right. And here's, here's, here's what I think. Okay. So if you have two, six, let's say you, you can always have Android and iOS. Right. You can I always say, have, that's a great example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have two different things that service the same environment. Right. Like they both are environments that are able to serve different service, basically the same functions. Just right. not all of us have iPhones and not all of us have Androids. Right. So if you take that into account, I'm not saying that you can't have it's operating either, systems. Yeah. Right. But like, but like the app that goes on the Android phone. Right. Is the same app that goes on the iPhone. It's not like we have separate iOS. Like I don't have Instagram for Android and I don't have Instagram for iOS, like they communicate I mean, with each other on the same server. So why is it right. that there can't be a way for these applications on Ethereum and these applications that could be built on Hedera or um, on Neo or and any one of these on Nulls? Why can't why can't they communicate? And it's mainly because they use different languages. And I think I think EOS is actually uh, Lisk is one, right? We, yeah. We talked about that in the previous podcast. Lisk is one that is using. Um, something that allows for a more uh, developer-friendly yeah. type of that applications. And I think EOS is actually blockchain compatible. So like the crossover is easy. You can build the, the side chain you were mentioning. Yeah. It's like if you have an application on Ethereum, it's easy to port over that app or easier to port over that application to the EOS network. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking there's going to have to be something that exists like Cosmos, which I'm very fond of. Okay, it's yeah, a, yeah, explain about Cosmos, man. So, I don't, I don't so what Cosmos describes itself is a blockchain for blockchains. So, okay. or that's that's how they are, that's how they they communicate their message as like a, a a blockchain switchboard. Okay. So it's able to communicate or things like Arc, like a lot of these guys have been trying to find a chain that's able to communicate one language with another language. Right. Being able to to communicate Litecoin. With Bitcoin, the thing that's able to communicate Bitcoin with Ethereum. Well, without I didn't having... mention this, but I, I really just, uh, I, I really think the Litecoin network itself is just a test network for Bitcoin. Like if you look at all the, Litecoin is definitely always ahead of Bitcoin in terms of technology. Yeah. But what really is, is a test network for Bitcoin. To, to integrate and apply its stuff. Because yeah. Bitcoin is the daddy, right? So yeah. it's like, we're, we're not going to test this on Bitcoin. We're going to use the Litecoin network. To test it because it has it has an, it has decent market share, but like Litecoin has Segway. its own yeah, but it has its own thing. It can do its own. Litecoin can do its own thing in ways that Bitcoin can't do its own thing. Well, and, and it, as as of today, I think that the Lightning Network Segwit you we already see Segwit implemented. Yeah, Segwit's been yeah exactly. So I think light the Lightning Network is going to be built on top of and the the Lightning Network for you guys that don't understand how that works is essentially think of it as like. You know, instead of expanding horizontally, making more lanes, similar to how Bitcoin Cash worked. Yeah. um, This is just expanding vertically. So the Lightning Network is like, okay, we don't need more lanes. We could just expand this thing vertically, which means into the air, you know, into the air. Like kind of like if we had cars, we have eight lanes. Oh, we need more lanes. Okay, 16 lanes. What Bitcoin Cash was trying to do. But if if the network really gets to that extent... Like you're gonna keep the, doing that forever keep, exactly. and what, ever. You're keep forking like indefinitely. So the Lightning Network allows us to 
build daily transaction daily transactions on top of an off offline offline block quote unquote offline blockchain right yeah. it's where the lightning network can yeah. take care of like coffee purchases or something yeah there's, there's always i just feel like there's gonna be there needs to be communication between all of these i feel like there needs right. to be but if, if we're gonna just basically go over the future let's say let's say 10 to 15 years we're gonna see something that services i think for the long term it's gonna be bitcoin i think bitcoin is going to be the store of value yeah. I think because like it does its job, it does its job well, and it doesn't really need to change. Nope. It doesn't, it does, it's, it satisfies what it needs to do as a store of value. Right. In terms of transactional value, that can go out, it's whatever is the fastest. People are going right. to always navigate to the thing that's going to be the fastest. And if the Lightning, network, the Lightning Network is implemented on Bitcoin, who's to say that Bitcoin can't, can't accommodate those daily transactions, yeah. you know? So I don't I don't see uh, I don't see there being like one clear winner in any of these spaces. However, I do see these as spaces to be won, mm -hmm. right? So like I don't know who's gonna win them. I'm just telling you guys who the winners are today or who the front runners are today. But these these spaces, whatever wins, has to be able exactly. to to deliver. Exactly, these spaces can be won. Store of value, uh, daily transactional currency, Anonymous, privacy currency, yeah. protocol layer or platform, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then, you know, uh, the applications themselves are, are really up in there. I don't know which applications are going to, yeah. are going to make it, you know, but <sighs> basically crazy. any industry, if you, if you, you know, watch our course, like any industry can be, you know, uh, completely uprooted by the blockchain. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess we're going to, we're going to wrap this up. Also, just, by the way, yeah. guys, um, definitely, uh, you know, I, I don't know where, where, you know, you got, uh, Cosmos or where you got some information, but, uh, I highly encourage you guys to check out. Um, one of the blogs I read, it's called Wall Street Playboys, and they really break down um, uh, cryptocurrencies and crypto assets. Really, uh, you know, I guess economically focused uh, group of guys. But um, there is, there's a, you know, a download, I think it's like eight bucks or something like that. It's called Triangle Investing, and they really break down like uh, certain certain uh assets and they talk about cryptocurrencies they talk about real estate all that stuff but uh, you know for this for the purposes of this podcast i was looking at what they were saying about um crypto assets and it totally makes sense so sure. i'm paraphrasing a bunch of stuff that they said but um definitely encourage you guys to check those guys out and i guess for i guess my shout out of the week is uh i mean i've been listening to for a minute z's the one who put me on hidden forces just because like dimitri kofinas yeah like i i, I that, that man, that man does. Yeah, we met him in a bar, man, and we we're just talking. Me, Andy, and uh, Robbie were talking about you know blockchain stuff. He's like, "Are you guys talk, talking about blockchain?" He's like, "I actually have a podcast." I was like, "Yo, we're actually making a podcast." He's like, "Yo, man, we should collaborate." But really cool guy. Yeah, he definitely knows his shit. 100%. He's been talking. Yo, he's been talking yeah. to Lehman Baird. Yeah, Madera, like that. That dude. Yeah, is that would be amazing if we could get Lehman Baird because I'm pretty sure you know he's like you guys. Uh, I would love to explain you know blockchain. Yeah, like that. I would love to get the real, real, real. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, yo. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to catch you all on the flip side. Yeah, you guys, know where to follow us. if you have us. any questions or if you guys want us to discuss any type of situation or any type of situation, any type of, you know, concept or theory or something. You can something. always reach us, read out, reach out to us on blockparty.io. You can always reach us on our social medias. We're active on Twitter. We're active on Instagram. You can catch me on Vero. I'm the guy who's like coordinating on that that over there uh yeah but make sure you you keep it locked yo yeah crypto if, ain't dead yeah it's not dead don't worry guys it's just experiencing uh organic bear market um you know everything that grows has to breathe right so this is just a 
right? And uh, I really want you guys to, uh, if you guys are new to this and you guys are new to the crypto game, definitely check out our course. Yeah. Because it, we're, we're talking about definitely more advanced concepts here. So um, feel free to check it out and shoot us a line on all of our social networks. Yeah. I right. Peace. Peace.